0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Canberra, it's, it's, it's a design city, Australia's only purpose-built city, uh, designed from scratch, sort of a, a high-functioning civic monument. So, <laughs> Planning has a long and interesting history in Canberra. There's sort of a teetering balance between an ethos of, of enforcement and, and market-driven open slather. The Dairy Road residential project, it's a new thing and it might fall into some interesting middle ground, a space of of, of creative response. And the project aims to combine commercial, light industrial activities alongside residential, creative, cultural spaces. Very modern and it's, it's drumming up uh, quite a bit of excitement and interest, partly because uh, local designers have partnered with UK design and architecture practice Assemble. Uh, you may know that name as winners of, of Britain's prestigious Turner Prize in 2015. James Binning uh, is co-founder of Assemble. He joins us now. James, hello. Hi. Where, where's work at? <laughs> you're you're in uh, in the country making some presentations. There's there's great interest in this project.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I mean, we've been working on the project at Derry Road
0: since the beginning, really, as far as, well, uh, that's how it's felt to us anyway, I think from a very early stage, which is quite often the stage we get involved with in projects, sort of before there's um, much of a need to sort of start drawing and those kinds of things and really trying to establish quite fundamental ambitions and, and agendas for projects. And so that's been the case, and then over the last sort of 18 months or so, starting to to develop more specific designs for the sites, both our part, which is more focused on, as you said, a um, uh, kind of really quite industrious and, and kind of creative commercial mix. Um, lots of different kind of workspaces and cultural spaces um, that hopefully will support lots of a real sort of diversity of activity um, and then a residential neighborhood in uh, the more Southern part of the site that some mm. other architects, David Chipperfield architects
1: are working on. I think we're coming slowly to the conclusion though. we're not in in an urban planning sense, that that sort of combination of of activity is is a secret to human happiness.
0: Well, I I think it just makes places richer and more interesting and more varied. You know, I think um, in the middle of the 20th century there was maybe a much greater emphasis on the separation of uses, you know, and and often we don't see that at a really local level um, and residential areas often incorporate... You know, uh, kind of retail shops, restaurants, the kinds of things that you know aren't too messy and smelly or dirty. But often the kinds of things that we also like to have in our cities, theatres, spaces for exhibiting or cinemas. Those kinds of spaces are places which are really kind of vital to the cultural life of of urban areas. But The kinds of spaces often that sit behind those visible activities, the sets for theatre are often made in big, industrial, cheaper, warehouse-type spaces. The kind of experience of manufacturers, fabricators, people doing material processing that artists rely on to produce works. But also just the other stuff that we need to get by in cities, you know, access to car mechanics, places to buy your paint or your building materials, as well as things you know that underpin other parts of the economy, more industrial activities. People don't or haven't traditionally been so interested in living alongside those things, and that's partly because they were pretty dirty in some cases, quite undesirable. Mm. Um, and they were sort of zoned very differently to most residential areas. And I think the nature and the processes involved in lots of those things has changed, I think, you know, is in lots of aspects of life, we become more removed from the way that things are made. Um, people are also more interested, and and I think more kind of willing to to sort of live along and rub alongside those things in their residence in that you know in the places where we live and where we
1: work. I wonder if the, the sort of the, the the creative crossovers in a practice like Assemble, in a, in a funny way, mirrors that sort of approach that you're striving for on the ground. I mean, um, tell us more about Assemble, I guess, to to illuminate that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Assemble's a, a, an architecture practice, really. You know, We graduated in 2009 at a point where, as a sort of young, uh, aspiring architects in our know, early 20s, you know, the idealism and sense of, of vision um, and ambition, maybe, that you're kind of imbued with in your architectural education uh, felt very different to the reality of practice. I think graduating at that time, big financial crunch, there weren't many projects which seemed to fulfill or also really have the ambition that maybe our student projects had had. And at the same time, I think just the everyday practice of architecture felt very removed from the process of, of building and construction and city making. So alongside our kind of work in practice, uh, as a kind of group of people that studied together, came together to try to find somewhere in the city where we could be much more involved in the planning, construction, and management of a project. And A big part of that over the first few years when we were formalizing sort of slowly was about finding a studio space. And in order to make work, we needed other people around us that had skills and expertise and and, Mm. and, and practical knowledge about how to make furniture, buildings, components. And so having a studio space, making that studio space somewhere that a kind of broader ecology of people involved in production was really critical.
1: I mean, you mentioned, it's an interesting phrase, city making. Uh, before, and and in a little way, that's what you're up to in Canberra. I mean, that idea, though, of city making, what, what's that responding to, do you think?
0: You know, we're, as a practice, partly informed by the fact that, you know, our work has, has often not been at the urban scale. You know, I think generally we have an attitude that cities build up complexity and and kind of richness and variety over time, and, you know, instead of seeing things as sort of top-down master plans we're interested in the way you can build up that variety and diversity from the kind of aggregation of lots of smaller scale or mid-scale kind of initiatives. So seeing, I guess, the process of city making as more like a mosaic as opposed to a kind of master plan, something which is mm. constantly reacting to itself and is able to be yeah, more resilient and adaptive and incremental um, as opposed to having such a kind of complete and comprehensive vision for something at the beginning you know I think a big element of of all design processes and construction processes is the management of risk and a lot of that sort of totalizing vision is about being able to say this is a thing and other people can buy into that thing and I think we're interested generally in having sort of maybe slightly looser strategies and a kind of common vision but sort of building that up quite slowly and allowing that vision to sort of change and adapt
1: it is yeah. interesting to introduce that thinking into a, a project in Canberra, which is almost definitively an example of that broader planning idea. Yeah, <laughs> and, to, and to see it adapting in this in this in this small space. Here is mm-hmm. here is a grand experiment in perhaps how this place can be reimagined. I mean, take us into Derry Road. The the juxtapositions in there. How 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 does this 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 place work? How does it work? In in the intricacies between its various uses,
0: well, so I think at Derry Road at the moment there's a real mix of of different um, kinds of business and a really strong community. I think that exists amongst those various tenants. And you know, at the largest scale end, you've got um, a business like Capital Brewing um, who have a couple of thousand square meters of space and are looking to expand. And at the smaller end, you have um, you know, and, uh, a kind of grocers and cafe. Coffee roasters. There's also recreational uses like climbing walls, and and then across the road, you know, you've got Fishwick, which are, you know, an industrial sort of area like any other, really, where there's an enormous kind of mix of businesses involved in all sorts of industrial production. And I think at Dairy Road, really, the approach is to try to just sort of intensify that mix, sort of build on the existing tenant base. So you know, provide space for people like Capital Brewing to expand. You know, I think Mm. 50 years ago, something like brewing was considered the kind of operation that would happen. And there was no cultural value to having something like that more accessible or visible. And I think both the kind of, you know, people want to be around those kinds of things now. Um, And so do the people that are producing beer or roasting coffee and those kinds of things. And, you know, the same tensions I'm sure will exist there that exist in any other place where those kinds of things have, have been you know, generally managed by the messier, noisier, bigger, more industrious businesses moving out. And that's, that's again, that's not a design problem per se. Design has a role, but it's also about expectations, clarity of communication, um, you know, and making sure that there's a good sort of tenant mix that, you know, sort of can create something quite cohesive uh, out of people that probably want quite different things from the places that they live.
1: And I imagine important too though to, to strive residentially for for a social mix in that, that accommodation as well.
0: Yeah, I mean we're slightly less involved in the residential development but I think um, it has been really striking sort of seeing the presentations about how the residential part of the site is developing. I think there was a, a really clear ambition from the beginning, which makes a lot of sense really when you think about it. Um, but instead of thinking as is often the case about residential provision of one bed, two bed, three bed, four bed types of dwellings to think more about a greater diversity of ways in which people actually live. To design for sort of small scale flats that are very economical and affordable for students to share, right up to kind of larger scale family dwellings that enable kind of multi-generational co-living, which within a kind of framework allows also the fabric to change and adapt, which Mm -hmm. often isn't the case really within most residential developments that are built. So, I guess what the residential and and the sort of more industrious part of the site have in common is trying to see, you know, the architecture as a as a sort of infrastructure within which there can be quite a lot of adaptation uh, and change over time. You know, it's the case that you know people's requirements from the spaces that they live in change over a lifetime. Um, and actually often the simplest kinds of architecture. In the UK, that's something like the terraced house, you know, have proved incredibly adaptable yes. um, and, and <laughs> able to change, you know. So it's yes. actually like getting the simple fundamentals right. Group house and or not family sort of, house, you choose. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, you know, some of those, you know, in London, it's where you, you do get a lot of diversity is often in places where, you know, on the same street that you have, sort of four-story townhouse, that same building... Might have been converted into, you know, two family dwellings or four mm. smaller flats, or you know. Um, and I think that's similar with the industrial spaces. Like we're trying to make kind of big, generously proportioned, simple and robustly built kind of envelopes within which, like, the tenancies are quite loosely defined and can be adapted and changed over time as business, you know, businesses kind of grow or or move out or require different kinds of space. So, I think yeah that 's something which is kind of common to both the residential and industrial neighborhoods I think this idea of uh, sort of getting the fundamentals right and um, enabling a sort of you know a looser fit that can support a wider variety of um, yeah kind of tenancies and residences
1: and within that 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 broader sweep that uh, that idea of, of of city making of this this response to big planning i mean it it feels like we're attempting to create. Villages around our cities areas of uh, that are entire of themselves that that satisfy a, a huge range of human need for the people within those spaces and and make cities up out of those that that feels like a possibility for our future
0: yeah I think scale is really critical to enabling just I think both a level of familiarity but also a degree of dependency and and yeah I think that that is something that Is increasingly important, I think, in the workspaces also that we manage in somewhere like the UK, you know, making sure that we're not making buildings where there are unfamiliar faces as you move around. Um, The importance (laughs) of kind of communal facilities, but it makes a big difference, you know, to to how people feel about the places that they live and that they work. You know, especially as lots of other aspects of society, you know, really simple things like we all used to tune into the same TV program at 8pm on a Sunday night, you know. We don't do that anymore. Like, actually, the reliance on the the sort of cultural areas of crossover have probably become smaller and smaller, you know, in spite of having, you know, kind of access to social media and all these things. They're not bringing people together in a more concrete way. So Mm -hmm. I think, actually, increasingly, you know, the importance of, like, the workplace and the home or the neighbourhood as a place where there is a sort of strong sense of common culture or a a sort of strong social and civic life, you know, places which feel like sociable and comfortable and diverse, you know, um, in terms of activity and and kind of people. I think those things are increasingly important because I think in other areas of the culture, those things are are being challenged, you know.
1: James, the big and important ideas uh, and wonderful to see them being uh, enacted in our our national capital. So our thanks and congratulations (laughs) on that.
0: Well, you know,
1: the proof will always be in the pudding, isn't it? It's easy to talk about it when it's a paper project. <laughs> James, yes, thank you. James Benning. and if you want to hear more of uh, James's thoughts on these and other matters, he's presenting public lectures in Canberra and Melbourne uh, over the next week. And we'll pop all of that on the, uh, the details for those on the Blueprint page, the Radio National website, James, he's co-founder of Assemble, architecture, design and art collective based out of the UK.
0: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC
1: podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listener.